in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings, and Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Welcome in to the Ingalls studio. I'm Tank Spencer, ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. And uh, we got a lot on the table today. We got, we a got whole all lot kinds going of on. stuff today. We got special announcements. We've got uh, we've got a couple of guests. A couple of guests. We have two guests. That we, has got to be a first. <laughs> I don't think we have ever had two guests in the same show. That absolutely might be a record. Anyway. You know it has to be important, relevant information. <laughs> when I said, yes, I will give up two separate 20-minute segments of me talking at all. <laughs> right. We're going to shift things out of order a little bit today as well. Usually we have Tar Heel time with Jones Angel at 4 o'clock, but we've got a very special guest joining us at 4 o'clock today. Jones will be joining us at 3.30 this afternoon to talk about the Tar Heels. Jones, who is also an every week very special guest. Yes. Yes, he is. I don't mean to slight Jones at all. We love our, our Tar Heel time with Jones Angel each and every week right here on your home for Tar Heel football and basketball all season long, ESPN Asheville. We will also, uh, though, at 4 o'clock, be talking to Natalie Jarrett from the Charlotte FC. Big announcement today that the Charlotte FC is going to be hosting their first home game against the LA Galaxy. It's expected to be the biggest game in MLS history. The most actually participated in live audience game in MLS history. Right here. North in Charlotte. Carolina. Yes. Well, right. yeah. down the road. Yeah, yeah. Right here yeah, in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, there we go. Uh, of course, we will have all of your uh, football ins and outs as well throughout the program today. And uh, Thursday night football, Jeremy's going to have his picks coming up at the end of the hour. Give in you the green on green. You, look at that game. Tell me what you think is going to happen. Probably what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. And there's, there's a, I got a lot surrounding these two teams to talk about today. Because Jeremy said something before the show started that I think might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard him say. And well, number I mean, two, not a lot of competition because I don't say a lot of dumb things. I'll stop that. Bright guy. Yeah. Not just a hat yeah. rack, my friend. Uh -huh. Not just a hat rack. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, of course, everybody is crazy about Mac Jones. So we're going to talk quarterback rookie rankings. What's the, what's the midseason update? From Mr. Flostradamus, Mr. Uh, draft nerd extraordinaire, Jeremy Green. So Thursday night football tonight. The thing that the thing that Jeremy said that I thought might be the dumbest thing possible, and this kind of dovetails into something that came up on Threadbare Thursday this morning in the Sportsocracy. Check us out on YouTube every weekday morning at 10 a.m. Thursdays are always fun because we just open it up and whatever y'all want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. And somebody asked in the comments today, was the worst NFL jersey or was the worst sports jersey of all time? Now, we're, we haven't done the background on this. We haven't done our ranking. We'll do that another day. 
but before we came on the air, I told Jeremy I was really excited because the Atlanta Falcons are going to be wearing their throwbacks today. And he said, "Grossly overrated. You are insane. Top five most overrated jerseys, and the, they're so basic. They're and unbelievably that's why they're basic. Great. Nah, don't I don't agree with you. There are only a few <laughs> uniforms that can be that basic and be great. The old black Deion Sanders era Atlanta Falcons uniforms with the black helmet with the old school Falcon on the side." The black jerseys and the white pants. They're not great. That's the that's one of the cleanest looks in NFL football history. Yeah, they're not great. No. They're number two all time behind the uh behind the Raiders. And you know, I mean I like the Raiders. I do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're going throwbacks, this is not even in the discussion of best throwbacks. New England Patriots throwbacks. And trust me, as a Jets fan, that pains me to say. New England Patriots throwbacks. They're they're up there. They're, they're top two. I'd go top five. Name me one better. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer creamsicles. Those are up there too. I'll yeah. I'll give you that. The Atlanta Falcons will be that 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 will not be in this discussion. Oh, yeah. anywhere. Oakland Raiders one. Atlanta Falcons two. The Oakland Raiders are. It's just what they wear now. <laughs> That's not a throwback. When you have a classic look. You stick with the classic look. Mm-hmm. Nah, mm-hmm. this is the same guy that doesn't like the Miami Heat because uh, they're awful. Miami Vice jerseys, and you you awful. killed them, you broke them. Yeah, and I'm you glad I did. And now we get a suicide note, and that's you did that, <laughs> and that, and I'm very angry about that <laughs> because they're absolutely awful. The teal and the pink all meshed together it's and fantastic. faded together. No, they're it's beautiful. They're gross. It's a beautiful, wonderful they're, look. They're almost as bad as Atlanta's new uniforms. Nope, I would actually, Atlanta's new uniforms, better than the throwbacks. Not really all that close, actually. Undeniable. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Undeniable, not close. Mm-hmm. Says Mr. Mullet, man. The hey. 1980s called, hey. they want their hair back. The mullet's coming back. Uh, well, I mean, you at 14's calling. Uh, they would like to give your hair back. <laughs> you want to take hair shots? I'm not, <laughs> not sure that's the path I'd go down, but, yeah, you know, hey. you take a lot of shots at me. That's just not necessarily one that if I were mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. I would feel that great about doing. Well, that's okay. I mean, a lot of people like to look homeless, and that's that's fine. Hey, it's coming back. Mullet's uh-huh. coming back. Uh-huh. It ran its course in the 1980s, and it ran its course about mm, 14 months ago. Nope. Still great. Still wonderful. Still awesome. I have people come up to me all the time and go, your hair, A1 since day one. Well, steak sauce. Mm-hmm. Your hair, steak sauce. A1 not a chance not a chance i can't believe you don't like the atlanta falcons old school jerseys nope, not even a little bit oh that's insane to me but anyway the atlanta falcons will be the best dressed team in the nfl on the field tonight and unfortunately that's about as as far as we can go with that yeah there's not a whole lot of other nice things to say no. because the new england patriots have the best rookie so far this year yep they do and here's the sweeping declaration on that i'd still have him at five really i'd still have him after everything you've seen from mac jones Mm -hmm. this year you still believe that he should have been the fifth quarterback off the board percent, i do because i think you're seeing that this is the qualm with alabama players constantly they're the most pro ready but there's no growth Mm -hmm. what better do you think mac jones can be than what you have seen you you think he's just gonna grow a, a deep ball arm no 
You think he's all of a sudden out of nowhere going to become athletic? No. He's going to be a very high-end game manager. Mm-hmm. And through eight games, that's the best I can say. Is he, is he the highest graded of the rookies? Without a doubt. He was also the most pro-ready. Mm-hmm. He went to the best team. Right. Not by much, but – and he's done a lot with very little. I don't like the, the weapons that much. I think the offensive game plan is very limited. And yet they're the only team among the rookies that are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, minus the non-applicable of Trey Lance. Right. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just going to have absolutely nothing to do with you. Is Mac Jones, is he the quarterback who is in the most perfect situation? 100%. Probably the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But we said that in the pre-draft process. If he goes to the right place, he can be a very serviceable NFL quarterback. And that's exactly what he is. When you say serviceable, uh, how long does he have this job? Oh, quite some time. Okay. Oh, I mean, he's he's he is a high-end version of Colt McCoy. That's what I've said forever. There is no upside. There's no Mac Jones is going to win MVPs. That's not going to happen. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. And be really honest with yourself as to why. Because Trevor Lawrence has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson's not even the starter of the Jets. Neither is Trey Lance, and Justin Fields has been horribly inconsistent. What do you think? They're going to give it to a running back? Do you think he's going to go to Najee Harris? Jamar Chase. No. Jamar Chase is not winning rookie of the year. Mac Jones is going to win rookie of the year. Because he's the quarterback of a playoff team. Bingo. Yeah. But, I, now, I, but five years down the road, this mm-hmm. is the question you originally asked me. If you had it to do over again, what order would you take the quarterbacks in? Mm-hmm. The exact same order they got taken in. They didn't miss that. Trevor Lawrence is still, without a doubt, the most likely to be a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I would argue Zach, if I had to change anything, I would probably have bumped Zach Wilson down. But I don't know for who. I haven't seen enough of Trey Lance, and I've seen enough bad in Justin Fields to go, okay, let's let's bump the brakes on two decent games. Yeah, but the, again, though, the bad that you've seen from Justin Fields it it hasn't been there in two games okay that's two games okay well that's fine and i mean the bad that i saw was some of the worst i've ever seen yeah it's gonna take more than two games <laughs> except, to for that for me. except for davis mills but davis mills was a third round pick mm-hmm. i'm talking about of a, of a guy that went the top 15 i don't know that i've ever seen a rookie quarterback be that bad mm-hmm. and here's the other thing this is not jet colored glasses the best i've seen any rookie play was zach wilson really against the tennessee titans he was the best rookie by 10 miles He's also had the highest quarterback rating of any rookie this year in that game. Mm-hmm. That's part of the fun of projection. Who can be an elite quarterback? Zach Wilson can. Do I find it to be really likely at this point? No, but that's more of the Jets than it is him. Mm-hmm. I see some of the same things that bothered me when he was at BYU. Trevor Lawrence, I just think he's surrounded by dog water. I think it's really hard for a star to shine bright bright when it's surrounded by piddle. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars are. They're they're not very good. But at the end of the day, would I, it, it, if I had it to do over again, I'm the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Would I take Mac Jones over Justin Fields? Not a no. shot. Not a chance in this world. Because I see exactly what he is. And that's fine. On a play, on a team like that, that's fine. That's what Bill wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. This is the reason you're seeing Bill start a rookie when he never has before, because this is a high-end rookie. Mm-hmm. But how much better is he going to be? Right. Well, I mean, just look at what he's done. 
do you think he's going to be better than this? Right. Uh, Mac Jones, according to Pro Football Focus, in the last four games, I just thought this was unbelievable, he is first in passing grade, offensive grade, passer rating, and fewest turnover-worthy plays which I feel like is an important uh, an important stat for rookie quarterbacks. Turnover-worthy plays is a huge stat. Mm-hmm. Second in fewest interceptions in the last four games in the NFL with just one. Fourth in big-time throws. What Describe that for What are big-time throws? Big-time throw is basically everything that Mac Jones doesn't do. And it's a very misleading stat because it's a percentage-based stat. Okay. So it's the, what that's saying is that the, the highest number of his throws have been high level next level throws tight window uh scoring plays fall into that deep downfield basically that plays do that it? you go hey that should have been on sports center that's no. the best way there's it's not a roundabout stat but does it have to be like 20 plus yards downfield kind no. of thing or okay no it can be a tight window throw from 10 yards mm-hmm. that can be a big time throw okay especially if it leads to a it, it, it gets into uh situation down distance all kinds of things mm-hmm. like that and this is not, again, amongst rookies. This is amongst all quarterbacks in the NFL in the last four games. And here's where, and here's where I would combat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that was against the New York Jets? Good point. Because of the yardage, it was almost 40% of it. Mm-hmm. it, it let's play a fun game with Mac Jones. Okay. Would you like to hear – and I'm not a yardage guy by any stretch. But this is relevant in this case. Okay. Would you like to hear Mac Jones' yardage numbers in every game he's played this year? Yeah. Uh, 281 in a loss, 186 in a win, 270 and 275 in losses, 231 in a win, 229 in an overtime loss, 307, 217, 139, and 198 in wins. Mm -hmm. The less he does, the better they are. That's unequivocal. The lowest rated games he's had this year, most attempts he had Mm -hmm. that's not an accident and it it hasn't really mattered who the defenses were because one of those was tampa bay whose secondary is bad right he's a great game manager Mm -hmm. this is not patriot hate it's not patriot slander it's nothing like that he's doing exactly what he's asked to do but now do i think he's going to be the stalwart of the franchise no i don't when this is Josh McDaniel's team, who is a god-awful NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. He's a great coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's a god-awful NFL head coach. One of the worst in-game coaches that we've seen in the last 15 years. Do I think this is going to continue? Not really. I attribute this more to Bill. The the Bill apologist, this is the season you've been looking for to combat people like me that go, well, he's 20, 15, 20 games below 500 without Tom. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he did this with a rookie. Now, my argument to that would be your wins are two of them are against the Jets, one of them's the Texans, one of them's the terrible Browns, one of them's the bad Panthers, and one of them was the Chargers, who I can't figure out what they are. And you're getting ready to have one against the Atlanta Falcons. Woo! Right. Uh, starting after this week, you go Tennessee, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Buffalo. Let's talk in four weeks. Mm-hmm. How that sound? Let, let, let's talk after you go through that, and we'll right. see exactly what, uh, what, what old Mac Jones is, right. shall we? Uh, of the uh, of the rookie quarterbacks right now, though, I, I mean, so for this year, you, there's no doubt you have to rank Mac one, right? Best oh, rookie certainly season. this year, yes, right. Best that's not season. saying much because three of them have either been non-existent or bad. Oh yeah, you'd have to rank Mac one, 
would you put Trevor at two despite his uh, despite his faults, or does that belong to Justin Fields the way he's turned it around? I could say the same thing about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's had two very good games. Mm-hmm. He's had two very bad games. That's what they've all done. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Because they're rookies on bad teams. In terms of the the future outlook of them, nothing's changed. For this year, I would say it's Mac Jones one. There is a canyon between one and two. If you made me pick a two, I would say Fields two, Wilson three, Lawrence four, Trey Lance a non-applicable really five. Right, because he hasn't really played. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to grade him. I haven't seen anything special from Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen much special from Justin Fields. I've seen a little bit of special from Zach Wilson, and I've seen absolutely nightmarishly bad are you disappointed in trevor no i mean this if you remember this is what we thought about andrew luck this is what we thought about peyton manning Mm -hmm. this is what happens because a a quarterback this high level is given the keys to the castle trevor lawrence is calling checks at the line he's doing high level things Mm -hmm. he's not doing it well and at the end of the day he's throwing to a punt returner i mean jamal agnew has been a punt returner in this league for years that's one of his best weapons. Am I holding that against Trevor? No. And these people that are throwing dirt on him, good luck. I mean, if you're selling chairs to Trevor Lawrence, uh, I can tell you where they can land, and it's right here. Mm-hmm. Go in my little Bitcoin wallet with money I don't know what to do with. <laughs> of all the quarterbacks, do you have a uh, a definitive to say this rookie quarterback is not a franchise quarterback? It depends on what you're asking me with franchise quarterback. All right, franchise quarterback would be he's going to be the leader, signal caller, whatever, of this team for 12 years. I can only say that about one that I've seen play at any real substance. Okay. That's played a lot of games. Okay. I would if you ha- If you made me pick on Trey Lance right now, I would go, I don't like what I've seen. Mm -hmm. The one I would say is Justin Fields. Justin Fields can pick on bad secondaries. Mm -hmm. And his feet are good enough. The problem is that he is going to get figured out very, very quickly. Because they're scheming a lot of things to him. Now, could he be a franchise quarterback? Sure. If you're making me pick one, that's the one I would pick. Okay. And and two would be Zach Wilson. Because there's so much instability. Out of a rookie, I want to see things start to level off. The problem is when I think that was going to happen with Wilson, he got knocked out of the lineup. And now he's not going to play this week. I do think he will retake that job in a week. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing. That schedule gets real easy. That's another problem that I have with Mac Jones. How many teams in the NFL played an easier schedule, according to Vegas, than the New England Patriots? One. That's it. And guess who it is? The Buffalo Bills. Ah. In the division. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the Jets, on the other hand, have played the sixth toughest schedule. The Bears have played the 11th toughest schedule. Jacksonville's is 16. You know what they all have in common? It's much easier towards the end, towards the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So I think when we do this at the end of the year, it's going to look markedly different. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. St. Nicholas and my family 
they'll all be here. The holidays are coming, and so are the guests. Are you sure your home's ready? Let Over the Moon Cleaning Services do the heavy lifting for you. Right now, Over the Moon is offering Sportsocracy listeners 20% off a deep clean when you schedule bi-weekly or weekly cleanings. Call them today at 585-0146 and book a free estimate. 585-0146. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, welcome back into ESPN Asheville, the sportsocracy. Find us at thesportsocracy.com. Don't forget to uh, click on to the YouTube video at thesportsocracy.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, join in in the chat box as well. Just a bit outside here. <laughs> Look. We should all know, uh, or every broadcaster should know, that when you're calling a college football game and you work for the school or you're paid by the school, you're not allowed to go full in on the referees. Full in. I mean, like, full in on the referees. Texas Tech's radio announcers have been um, removed from the booth for the next game. After the Iowa State game this past week, which Texas Tech did end up winning 41 to 38, they didn't they didn't take too kindly to some of the calls that were being made on the field. In and fact, granted, I, oh, I don't horrendous. disagree with them because they were very bad. Yes, there were some horrendous calls in that game. They called one interception for Iowa State after the Texas Tech guys. I mean, his tail is on the ground. His back is on the ground before the ball comes out. And they called an interception. Uh, for Iowa State there was another where Texas Tech picked off Iowa State in the end zone or right at the goal line and they overturned the call it got to the point where we almost had a Tennessee situation thankfully they were able to step in the 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 officials that were on the field were able to step in and stop that from happening they had to they had to vacate two sections of the uh, of the of the students to make sure that nobody would continue to throw things on the field these guys were horrendous but the two broadcasters brian jensen and john harris went a little too far they even went to, went on to say things like the big 12 has to be embarrassed by this crowd by this uh, officiating crew um bob bowlsby you're gonna have to answer for this uh, and then, not only that, but they started naming all of the officials again. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Mm -mm. You should not do that. Mm -mm. Now, like, you can do that at the beginning of the game. Our officiating crew today is such and such and such and such and such and such. But when you're criticizing their calls and calling them all morons, basically, you can't do that. And the Big 12 has stepped in and taken them out of the booth. I mean, we've been through this before. I, I've been doing UNC Asheville basketball games for iHeartMedia Asheville here for the last 10 years. And there have been times 
Oh, Mike Gore. Mike Gore loves to get on the officials. And when he was a, a mem- when he was the SID, the sports information director for UNC Asheville and doing the games, he would get letters from the commissioner saying, you can't do that. You, ca- you can't call out our officials like that. You got you to gotta hold the broadcasters to the same standard as the coaches and the players. Just can't do it. Were they wrong? Absolutely not. Mm, but yeah, yeah, they were kind of wrong in the end and you can't drop the bs word no and he said that yep the uh the the color guy john harris he did he he cussed on the air and that's a big no-no news broke yesterday that michigan state has offered mel tucker let's call it an aggressive package to remain their head coach okay have you heard the numbers no (laughs) 10 years how much money do you think is tied to a 10-year deal for Mel Tucker? Oh, I would say $82 million. You're too low. It's $95 million. Holy cow. Mel Tucker has been offered a 10-year $95 million with Michigan State. And when that broke, LSU said, hold my beer. This is according to the J-Boy Show. Uh, this is apparently a show that's affiliated with Colin Cowherd and several other uh, industry professionals. LSU has offered Lincoln Riley an eight-year, $96 million deal to leave Oklahoma and take the LSU job. Wow. He is downplaying this aggressively. There is nothing nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Well, here's the thing. He didn't downplay it the way Jimbo Fisher did. He just said, nah, nah just, 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 don't even ask. Why would you even ask me that question? Uh, I have 96 million reasons why I would ask you that question. <laughs> Because here's the thing, and I've said that's, this that's a job I've said take. this many a time. You can tell me it's not about the money, mm-hmm. and, I, and you know what? A part of me will believe you. You know what I'll really believe you? When I know definitively this story is true, and you turn it down. Yeah. You turn down $96 million from LSU, then I'll believe you. I don't think you should. I, I think you should take that job. I don't know that I agree with you. Come on. Oklahoma's getting ready to go into the SEC. And we've all joked about how bad that's going to be for Texas and Oklahoma it's going not, into the SEC. It's not. And you're wrong. And you're wrong. And you're wrong. And you're wrong. Really? Yes. Who because they it supplant? extends their recruiting base into all of the South. Mm-hmm. Because now those kids in Florida that don't get recruited by Florida, now you can go to Oklahoma. You go to Oklahoma with that guy who makes every quarterback a Heisman Trophy candidate. It won't be bad for Oklahoma. Might be bad for Texas. Mm-hmm. That I might agree with you on. Won't be bad for Texas. Or for Oklahoma. There is also a report that uh, Lane Kiffin would leave Ole Miss for one job. Mm-hmm. And it's Miami, which makes no <laughs> sense to me. All right, we'll talk about more, uh, talk more on that coming up in just a little bit. But right now, it's time for Tar Heel Time with Jones Angel. I figured we'd uh, we'd give you a little, uh, you know, a little at-home music here, Jones, to bring you in. Um Music to your ears, I know. Unfortunately, uh, last week we talked right around this same time, and the game did not go the way we expected it to. However, I mean, you got to you got to give props to the Tar Heels for hanging in, hanging into that game, and having a shot at the end of it. I guess my first question has to be, Jones, how is how is Sam doing? By the way, it looked like he got hurt on that last play. Yeah, and before we get to that, let me. I want to. This is a legitimate question. Do you really think somebody from Florida 
is going to go to Oklahoma now because they're in the SEC because they might once every 12 years play a game in Gainesville. I think that's the most overblown talk about how that expands your recruiting base because you're going to play you're going to play somewhere every now and then. To me that's crazy. Now I could see it going the other way. I could see it going you know, uh, now that Texas has Oakland uh, has opened up a little bit more to the SEC schools because that they will go there every now and then. But I don't see it going the other direction. I just think that's I, I, I and I'm not I'm not Jeremy's not the first person ever to suggest that. I, I just think that's crazy that I, somehow Oklahoma feels like this whole new world of recruiting that hasn't been open to the University of Oklahoma football team or Oklahoma University, I guess, football team is now going to be open to them um, because they're going to play in Gainesville every now and then now that they've joined the SEC. But to your question, um, Sam Howe did get hurt on on the last play against Pitt. Um, Not a season-ending injury for Sam. Um, He's being listed as day-to-day right now. Um, And, Tank, I think the best way to put it is they're going to leave it, number one, up to the medical personnel. And if obviously if if it's not – safer if he could somehow injure himself further he's not going to play in the game coming up on Saturday Um, if he is deemed medically clear to play then it will be up to Sam as to whether or not he feels like he is ready to play or not I think the fact that Carolina is playing Wofford this weekend yeah changes that discussion a little bit because the Heels certainly do um, need him back two weeks from now against NC State um, and or actually, I guess that's a, a week from now against NC State next weekend, and uh, that's the game that they want to make sure that that he's 100% healthy for. So um, that they will be careful with Sam Howell. Of course, they are better when when he is on the field. Of course, but if it is not the smart or prudent thing to do then he's not going to be out there for Carolina. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jer- Jeremy would like to respond. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I'm not the best question to ask her, so that's why you don't hear from me when we do these things. Uh, so here's my the, the stance on Oklahoma. It's not necessarily that that's an unopened recruiting base. This is my thought. I cover all of the draft things. So I'm looking sure. at the perspective of, like a let's say, a linebacker from Florida. One of the reasons you don't go to Oklahoma is because you get overlooked. Because you don't play the same level of defense in the Big 12 that you do in the SEC. I have always thought that Oklahoma would get better defensive prospects playing in the SEC because it's just just a different brand of football. It's not necessarily that Oklahoma couldn't recruit those areas now. I just think some guys would look at them and go, "Ah, my pro chances might be a little better there. You're probably right. I'm probably overthinking that. I just wanted to state that for the record. <laughs> no, no, no. And like I said, Jeremy's not the first one to ever say that. I just think that, to me, I do think there's value to guys playing closer to home or in the prospect of them having their families be able to see them. But I think that's much more on a con- – yeah, that's why Carolina recruits North Carolina and Virginia and South Carolina so heavily. I mean, that's why you have your home area. Um, but I just don't – you know, it's not like – it's not like Carolina goes and hits uh, Massachusetts real hard because they, they're going to go and play Boston College once every decade. Um, and I know we're talking apples and oranges there when we're talking about the talent level in Florida versus the talent level in Massachusetts, just right. the example I was given. So I, I just think that part of it um, is overblown when, when this discussion is being had. 
it's certainly bigger on the other side that, that Texas and Oklahoma have come into the SEC and now. Right. You don't think those SEC schools are excited oh, no. that Texas is coming? I mean, that, no, that no to me is why it's, you know, for, for many reasons why that move is going to be a win for the SEC is that, is that now, um, now you do go to, now Auburn can say, you know, they never were, or they were going to Texas A&M, I guess, every now and then, but now you're going to be going more often because of Texas being there too. I do think that going the other way makes a little more sense. Yeah. Uh, Jones, there was a lot made uh, out of the uh, Pittsburgh-Carolina game last Thursday of, you know, if 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 Mac had it to do again, he might have gone for the touchdown rather than kicking the field goal to tie it up if he had known that the weather was coming. I, <laughs> you know, you know – you don't really you can't be a forecaster like that i just want to know do you think that pat narduzzi made some kind of deal with the devil or as i call him mike krzyzewski uh to make sure that the the heavens opened up to just you know wash out that last drive for the tar heels it was impeccable timing yeah it was an incredible amount of rain and it, it was i mean it clearly affected things and you you know, your goal is to not let outside influences bother you. But, I mean, that was an extreme level. It, it wasn't oh, yeah. just raining a little bit. It, it was a deluge. And I think you could tell that, that Sam was even having trouble just holding on to the football um, going through a throwing motion. So I, I do think that that was, uh, that that was a factor in that overtime possession for Carolina. You know, I have had people go, well, you know, don't materials, you know, check the weather and know that the radar yeah. – of course, the Tar Heels were, were aware that the rain was forecasted um, for that evening, but they know they don't have someone sitting there on the sideline with the Doppler 5000 open, right. you know, trying to guess the exact moment um, that the rain is going to be the heaviest there at Heinz Field when they're playing in Pittsburgh. So it really was unfortunate timing. And Tank, it's also one, and I know Coach Brown himself said that, you know, if he could do it again, he would have gone for the touchdown. But, you know, those are decisions that if they don't work, you always second-guess them, right? So right. If, if Carolina had gone for that touchdown and hadn't gotten it and, and lost the game, everybody would say, well, why didn't you keep the field goal? Get it in overtime. And, and those are just, you know, that's why that, that's one of the reasons why you get paid the big bucks when you're the head coach is, mm-hmm. is you're the person that has to make those choices and then live with the results from them. And Carolina had a couple of uh, key choices like that in this particular game where they, for example, didn't kick a field goal when they got into field goal range early in the second half. Or they did decide to go for two when they were down 16 and scored a touchdown and and went for two to try to cut it to eight and make it a one-score game. Those are all things that, you know, you you, you just make the decision as best you can with the information that you have in front of you at that moment. You know, Mac Brown has said that, yes, there are analytics involved, but that you don't strictly go off the analytics because analytics are are devoid of emotion devoid of the feel of what's happening in that game uh, devoid of how loud the crowd is or what the weather conditions are etc so I, I think the analytics do come into play it, the kind of gut old school gut feel comes into play a little bit and you get input from your coaches as well and all of that has to happen in 45 seconds and so um, it is a pressure-packed decision. It always is, and that's part of the reason why head coaches are head coaches is because they're the guys that, that make those choices. And so it didn't work out for Carolina in this particular instance, um, but I, I think it's – and I'm not saying you were, Tank. I, I just yeah. think it's silly to, to nitpick that uh, a million times when had Carolina won in overtime, 
everybody would have been saying, "Ah, oh, great, great decision there to oh, get yeah. that field goal and, and get it into the extra period." Yeah, and and it's just a it's just a talking point. I mean, I I came out of that game thinking it was everything that I wanted it to be. It was two you know high level quarterbacks who just put on dis- just just put all of their talents on display and I think they both you know as far as going to the next level and their prospects for the NFL I think both of them did themselves a lot of favors in that game it was everything I expected it to be unfortunately I did get the call on the game right I thought that uh, Pittsburgh was going to win and that they were going to cover the spread but uh, I I was really impressed with with the Tar Heels stepping up in that kind of a moment, the, the the whole going for it on you know fourth down, it's just a talking point. I did kind of have flashbacks of the Clemson game from a couple of years <laughs> ago, though. Of sure, I don't and, know and if think, we you know, want to go for this or not. You're talking about the quarterbacks, and you know, I, I thought the 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 biggest failure in this game for Carolina was how it started. Yeah, you know, the the Tar Heels were just, and and it wasn't a huge. We, we may talk about this last week. I mean, I don't think it's a huge surprise that the Tar Heels were a little bit flat considering it was the third game in uh, 13 days, all against ranked opponents. They'd had those emotional games against Notre Dame and Wake the previous couple of weeks. Um, but the, the problem, I mean, Carolina couldn't protect, and that was the big issue in the first half is they were just getting whipped up front. And so Sam Howell didn't really have time to, to show his talents and to be able to help lead that offense. The running game could never really get going because they're just wanting where to run. And so uh, credit to Carolina for coming out in the second half and looking much more like the, the offensive team that it had been uh, growing towards the, the previous couple of weeks um, because they moved the ball into pit territory every possession in the second half, put points on the board uh, for I think it was four out of the six possessions um, that they had the football. The other two, they, they went for it and, and got stopped on down. So they were being very aggressive and trying to, uh, trying to get back in that ball game after falling behind and I thought it was Carolina's best defensive game uh, in a long time. And maybe this season they, you know, fell behind early. A lot of those points for Pitt was scored due to short fields. Excuse me. Had to sneeze. Got all caught up uh, thinking about this game. Um, Pitt scored some points on short fields early in that game because of some poor punt coverage. But then after the first quarter, Carolina held Pitt, which was, as we talked about last week, the highest scoring offense in the nation held them to six points over the last three quarters of regulation. So uh, the defense, which played well at the end of that weight game, the last quarter of that weight game, I thought had some good moments um, uh, in the back three quarters of the pit game. Tar Heels are going to be heavily favored this weekend, as you would expect against Wofford. So right. you would expect both sides of the ball to perform well. And then it comes down to how you perform uh, coming up on Black Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving against NC State. Oh, and man, I, I don't know that there's been enough. There, there has been a state game in recent memory that I wanted as bad. Well, maybe when we were trying to end that losing streak a few years back. Um, yeah, and, but... you know, and State's obviously got a very solid team. I know they're disappointed with what happened against Wake last weekend. I know they still have an outside chance at, at winning that Atlantic division if, if a couple games break right for them. Um, but they'll be ready to see Carolina. The Tar Heels have, uh, have won convincingly the last two years in that series, um, and State, I'm sure, has heard about that. So uh, they'll be ready to see Carolina. They have a really good defense. Um, yeah, I think Devin Leary's had a terrific season. Emeka Mezzi is one of the better wide receivers in the ACC. So, I mean, they've got some really nice pieces, and, and Carolina will need to be ready for a hostile environment. That game kicks at 7 o'clock. So uh, everybody will, I'm sure, have 
uh, flushed Thanksgiving at that point and, and gotten <laughs> themselves uh, mentally prepared, shall we say, throughout uh, the day on Friday uh, to welcome Carolina over there. So it, it'll be a challenge for sure. And, and I think, Tank, that circles back to our original conversation of Sam Howell. Carolina needs Sam Howell um, to be healthy in that game. So, so whatever you do, this if he's available, is medically cleared, he wants to go, I think you give him that chance this weekend, particularly with him going through the senior day activities and give him one more chance uh, to be out there in Keenan Stadium. But you, you have to be smart and prudent with that decision, and, and I fully expect the Tar Heels will be. Yeah, absolutely. There is, there's no reason to risk it if, uh, you know, if, if it's dicey at all. Um, anyway, this weekend, uh, 12 o'clock will be the start time. We'll have the 11 o'clock pregame here on ESPN Asheville. Uh, Tar Heels taking on Wofford. Let's switch over to the hard court, talk some basketball here. The last two games for the Tar Heels have been – not as comfortable as you would like them to be. Um, the, the the Brown game was very, very close. Went down to the end. Tar Heels pulled away uh, late. And then, uh, you know, struggled for a little bit with College of Charleston, but ended up getting the win as well. How how do you think the, the guys have looked over these last two games? Yeah, you know, I think I, I kind of put those two games in separate categories. I, I thought the College of Charleston game was a really good win. Um, you know, that's the first time that Carolina has been on the road in front of a hostile crowd in two seasons. Um, and it was hostile. I promise you it, it was packed and they were ready and, and excited and loud. And it, there was a ton of energy in the building. Um, and that was a difficult place to go play. Um, Charleston fed off that injury or, uh, energy early in the ball game. You know, they got a lob dunk on the first play, hit a bunch of threes um, early in that game. And to Carolina's credit, you know, the Tar Heels responded. They were down 11 in the first half, kind of plugged away, got it down to six at halftime, and then dominated the second half. I mean, they outscored Charleston 58-41 and 58 in the second half. And, and to me, Tank, the, the biggest storyline on the court, so just outside of new coach Hubert Davis, you know, what's he doing, how's he doing it, the biggest story to me is, the, has, is how Carolina can score. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, especially two years ago, uh, two years ago, Cole Anthony season in Chapel Hill, um, the Tarios really struggled to put the ball in the basket at a consistent level. And at some point, if you can't score, you can't score. And by that, I mean, it, you can draw up all the plays you want. You can do all the different things. But if you just if you can't get the ball in the basket at some point, that's a problem. Um, I think defensively, Carolina feels like it has a lot of room for growth, particularly after that Brown game. But they showed some of that growth in the game against College of Charleston. Um, and I think on the defensive side, that's something you can improve on. That, that's something that can be worked on and that can noticeably get better throughout the year. I, I, I just think that Carolina is in a good spot here early as far as what its strengths are, what it knows it needs to improve on, all those different things. Now, Carolina's really going to find out this weekend because they're in a Final Four caliber type of tournament going up to Uncasville, Connecticut, and the Hall of Fame tip-off. It's Carolina, Purdue, Villanova, and Tennessee. I mean, those are four top 20 teams. Villanova and Purdue are ranked in the top 10 right now. So those are some really good teams. And when you play teams like that and like Carolina is, then all those teams are going to learn, hey, what works against even against really good competition, what can we do that still works? What gets exposed when you play against really good competition? Where, where are areas of weakness that good teams are going 
heavily take advantage of. So I think all four of those teams are going to get the benefit of playing against one another in that caliber of a tournament. And so um, I, I think the Tar Heels feel pretty good about the way they've started. Would they have loved to won every game by 35 points? Sure. But I think they've also been challenged some. I think they've learned a little bit about themselves, and, and they feel good that they've been able to come out on top every single time. Uh, Tip-off for uh, the Purdue game. Number six, Purdue. Number 18, North Carolina. Four o'clock on Saturday. So we'll have that immediately following the football game, I imagine, on the uh, Tar Heel Radio Network. Um, yeah, we're going to make a cast. We're never leaving the air. So we're going to get on okay. at 11 o'clock with our pregame show for football. I'm staying here in Chapel Hill to, to call the football game with uh, Brian Simmons and Lee Pace. Dave Nathan will head up to Connecticut uh, with Eric Montross. Those two will be up there. And so once the football game ends, uh, there should be a little window of time there between the end of football and the beginning of basketball. And so we'll transition over from postgame football to get you ready for, and up to Connecticut for Carolina basketball. Then the Tar Heels play again on Sunday. Have to wait to see on the time of that, depending on whether they win or lose mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon. So certainly a long and busy day uh, of Tar Heel action coming up on Saturday. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a ball. And then of course you got that uh, vaunt that that uh, that big matchup next Tuesday against the UNC Asheville Bulldogs. We'll have double That's coverage right. of it. That one circled. <laughs> That's We're, right. We got, the, we got that Bulldogs one circled. Hill. And uh, it doesn't slow down after that. He'll host Michigan in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And um, I, I think tanking, you know, two, two and a half weeks from now, um, Carolina's going to know a lot uh, about its team and, and what it's good at, where it needs to improve, because they're going to go against some of the best in the country. No doubt about it. You still got a, a date with UCLA to come as well in this non-conference slate. So it, they, they definitely are going to be able to find out uh, whether or not they're sitting in good standing going into uh, ACC play. But we will continue to talk about it with you here each and every week on Tar Heel Time. Thank you very much, Jones, and uh, have a great weekend, bro. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate the time. Talk to you soon. You are in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. We got Thursday night football coming up tonight. Green on green. Jeremy's picks of the night coming up next. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Hey guys, I'm Ziggy, your local Philly girl, owner of Ziggy's Bakery and Deli. I've created a traditional northern deli with only the most authentic cheesesteaks outside of Philadelphia, served with provolone, white American, or cheese Whiz. Our other classic deli sandwiches are made with the best quality meats and cheeses, available sliced by the pound. Join us for breakfast for house-made bagels with our custom cream cheeses. Or for something heartier, try a pork roll egg and cheese or house-cured lox. Ziggy's Bakery and Deli, in the corner of Asheville Commons, 1550 Henry. Andersonville Road, open 8 to 3, Tuesday through Saturday. Coffee's the closers on. Get them the money! Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. If I had literally looked at my list right yesterday, I would have been 4-0 again, but I didn't, so I was 3-1. I have picks. I have a college football pick. I have an NBA pick. 
and I'll pick the Thursday night football game. All right. First off, my 2022 NBA champion Denver Nuggets are a seven and a half point favorite tonight at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. Why did Andre Drummond not get big money in free agency? Because he can't defend anybody more than four feet away from the basket. What does Nikola Jokic do better than anybody that's a, above seven foot in the NBA? Score away from the basket. Score away from the basket. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. I'm taking my nuggets minus the seven and a half. I think this is a blowout. Speaking of blowouts, the Louisville Cardinal travel to Duke tonight. Louisville's a 20-point favorite. I tried everything in my power to take Duke. Couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Give me the Cardinal, minus 20. And tonight in Thursday Night Football, the New England Patriots are a six-and-a-half-point dog at Atlanta. The over-under is 47. I'm taking New England. I, I Genuinely, I think this is a kill spot for them. Atlanta's trending in the wrong direction. New England's trending in the right direction. I know the Thursday night thing, and that's why I'm going to take under the 47, but I'm taking New England, minus six-and-a-half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. And we got a monkey knife fight tonight. Daily fantasy sports props fun at monkeyknifefight.com. Use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. They will match your initial investment up to $50 and give you a $5 free play. What is it? I feel like they boo-boo kidding this, okay. but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm playing the more or less 3x multiplier between the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. Okay. I will take less than 249 and a half passing yards for Mac Jones. You got to go there now, sign up with our promo code TANK. Because I think they meant touchdowns. It's yards. I'm taking more than one and a half passing yards for Matt Ryan. <laughs> that will turn your $100 buy-in into a $300 price. <laughs> one and a half passing yards for Matt Ryan. Over. I, I don't know if they mess this up, but yeah, somebody hit the wrong button. Over a passing yard and a half for Matt Ryan. Under 249 and a half for Mac Jones. Hey, those clerical errors, they come back to bite you. But it's you okay. got to leave it once you post it. It's three times your money. There you go, go get it right now. MonkeyNightFight.com. <laughs> promo code DANK. All right, coming up after the uh, top of the hour sports center here, we will be talking to Natalie Jarrett from the Charlotte FC. Big announcement today. We'll get the details up next. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Wicked Weed Brewing. And welcome back into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400 second hour of the program as always brought to you by wicked weed brewing check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com wicked weed brewing drink different so tonight you can check them out live and you can find out other cool things you go to the wicked weed brewery and get your first look at the charlotte football club tonight that's right the charlotte fc making a huge announcement today the 2022 season officially starts well, a little bit earlier than the, the inaugural game at Bank of America Stadium, but on uh, March the 5th, it's going to be a big old day. And joining us now in the sportsocracy from the Charlotte FC, partnership ma- Partnerships Manager, Natalie Jarrett. Natalie, welcome into the sportsocracy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. 
All right, so today it was announced the 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 first game at Bank of America Stadium, or first match, I guess I should say. We're not big soccer guys, so I got I got to get down with the lingo here. I feel like you guys uh, have a have a big task on your hand, uh, making sure that all of us uh, Southerners who are used to the other kind of football know what everything's gonna you know how to say everything correctly for the Charlotte FC launch here. Absolutely. I think there's, you know, going to be a little bit of an education process, but we're ready to, to bring that lingo to the market to North and South Carolina and get everybody up to speed. Excellent. All right. So March the 5th is going to be the inaugural match at Bank of America Stadium and the Charlotte FC hosting the LA Galaxy. That's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And, you know, this is a momentous moment for us. We've been waiting to announce this for a couple of weeks now excited to get it out into the the marketplace and get fans excited to come to bank of america stadium on march 5th and you know we have huge expectations for that night you know eight o'clock we want that stadium to be packed with seventy four thousand people um and so that we can you know re- realize the dreams that we've been working toward um for this inaugural season and get fans excited about the whole season to come so what has the response been like there in 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 the queen city i mean obviously you know soccer is one of the fastest growing sports in america we know the rest of the world is all is is all about soccer but here i've always found that it's uh it's it's tough to get a new foothold when you're you know when you're in a country that is so dominated by the big three sports definitely i think we we understood coming into the charlotte market that there was going to be a challenge to to find our voice, um, knowing that there were other professional teams in the market. But I think both North and South Carolina have a huge soccer history, a longstanding soccer history. And so we're just ready to to stamp our claim um, in that with the March 5th match and then our inaugural season. But to your point, I think, you know, there's definitely the support of the Charlotte soccer fan base that has helped get us to this moment. I think from the bid announcement in December of 2019, we've been able to grow the fan base tremendously um, through the help of those locals in the Queen City. What are some of the things that you guys are, are, are doing to try to get out in front of the Charlotte fans to make sure that they can you know, pack that stadium on March the 5th? Yeah, I think, I think we've been doing a really good job of just staying in constant communication with our fans, sort of meeting them where they are, where they like to watch soccer now. I think we we do a really good job of hosting parties. Um, That's something that has been part of our club history so far, especially um, in 2021. We've been able to to bring the fans together as often as possible, Um, and we'll do that a couple more times this year to celebrate some big moments on the horizon. Uh, As Jeremy mentioned, you guys have uh, a couple of parties uh, around the state tonight, but one down at the Brew Pub. Uh, for the Wicked Weed Brew Pub in downtown Asheville on Biltmore Avenue tonight from five to seven. Uh, what can people expect if they're if they're going out there? Yeah, we'd love to see any fans in the Asheville area. This is the first time that we've hosted an event here, but hopefully the first of many to come. Uh, and really, it's just going to be a casual meetup. Just anybody that wants to come talk soccer, talk Charlotte FC, will be there. We'll have some swag to hand out, um, and we'll talk about a, a beer partnership that we're working on with Wicked Weed. Uh, beer and soccer go hand in hand so we're excited to partner with them on an IPA that we'll we'll announce the name of soon we'll roll out a whole marketing plan for it um, and get it into into the marketplace soon but 
it'll be really fun to just chat with some of the Asheville locals and anybody that wants to come out and talk about Charlotte FC in this historic day when we can talk about March 5th being the first match that we'll ever host at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, well, obviously we are we are big fans of uh, Wicked Weed Brewing here at the Sportsocracy, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, to see what you can come up with. One of the things that I have loved the most about this launch is – I think, I mean, the the entire organization has done a great job of, you know, kind of encapsulating the the feel of Charlotte and the history of Charlotte, in, you know, just the the branding that has been done. Talk sure. about what went into the decision to, uh, you know, I, I love the whole minted in twenty twenty or twenty twenty two thing. Uh, I, that's that's one of the greatest things I'd ever would have thought of. Brilliant marketing. Well, thank you. I think there was a, a large team that put a lot into bringing the brand identity to life and staying true to the message of the Queen City and the, the themes there was really important to everybody. The Minted in particular is especially um, special to us because it is for our inaugural season for 2022, but we thought that with it being kind of similar to established, we wanted something different that, that felt um, especially, you know, connected to the Queen City, that minted and, and the history um, of, you know, banking and, and minting in Charlotte felt like a nice tie-in and to that history for Charlotte. Agreed. Uh, like I said, thought it was brilliant marketing in that. Uh, we've seen with the expansion Seattle Kraken team over in uh, in the NHL. Uh, that is a team that I have adopted because I love their colors. Guess what? Y'all's colors are pretty similar. Uh, and <laughs> and so I, I now have to be a uh, Charlotte FC fan since I don't have a soccer club that I pull for. Um, but the media there went, uh, went on this uh, this education campaign of this is what hockey is all about for those who did not know you guys have something like that planned for the uh to educate us all uh, on on soccer yeah i think we have a lot of plans you know ready to kick off for early 2022 and that's something that we'll be happy to walk people through especially the media who aren't as familiar with soccer i think it's going to be important for us all to, to be connected, like you said earlier, the lingo and just the, the education process that comes with talking about soccer and a different game. It's a global game, and so we're excited to, to bring that to the Queen City, but really having um, that, that process up front of what it's going to be like, how it's going to be different from the NFL, um, from the NBA, that will be an important sort of uh, touch point early on to, to get everybody up to speed on how we're going to bring it to the market in 2022. March the 5th, again, is the inaugural match at Bank of America Stadium. The Charlotte FC hosting the LA Galaxy. I believe that's actually going to be the second game of the season. Charlotte FC opens up the season on the road for the first tilt. Um, But tickets go on sale when? So tickets for the inaugural match will be on sale to the public on Monday, November 22nd. Um, So those will be optimal tickets that are available and will go on sale with regular season individual matches early next year. The ticket memberships are also available for those that are interested in getting the, the tickets for uh, for the club. Okay, so, Mar- so you, your phone was kind of breaking up there. So tickets uh, for this inaugural match go on sale on Monday, and the rest of the tickets go on sale when? The rest of the tickets go on sale for individual match tickets early in 2022, but then season ticket memberships are available now. So if somebody wanted to, to buy 
season tickets for the club for the whole season, then those are available now. Is this uh, is there a connection in tickets for like uh, the Panthers PSL owners and stuff like that, or is this is this being treated completely separate? So there are some Panthers uh, PSL owners that also have Charlotte FC tickets, but we treat them completely separately as entities. So um, you you do buy them separately for right. each season. Right. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, we are glad to have the Charlotte FC uh, coming into the market here. Glad to uh, glad to have you on, Natalie, and uh, really glad that you guys got something brewing with our good friends over at Wicked Wheat. Thank you. We're really excited and appreciate you having me on, and look forward to talking to you guys soon. Absolutely, we will. Uh, we will continue the coverage of the Charlotte FC. Uh, thank you again, Natalie, for joining us here in the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville, ninety-two point nine FM, eight eighty AM, and fourteen hundred. Uh, again, I'm not a soccer guy, but I'm really gonna try. I'm really, really gonna try. I learned from our interaction in Charlotte with the Panthers at the beginning of this year. I'm more of a be in the stadium guy than I thought I was. Uh huh. I'm just a <clears throat> I'm a little picky. You're a little picky. I like being in the suite. <laughs> Big fan of the suite. Right. I, look, I, I've, I've made no qualms about this. Mm-hmm. I'm a house cat. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't necessarily like being outside. That is where the bugs and the birds and the all of the things that can harm you right. are. Right. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this. You know, we've as as was stated, Wicked Weed has something brewing mm-hmm. uh, with Charlotte Football Club that we will let you know very very soon. Absolutely, very affiliated with uh, with with the Charlotte Football Club, and they'll I be can't... having a kickoff tonight at the brewery. That's right, five to seven down at the Brew Pub, the original Brew Pub down on uh, Biltmore Avenue. Five to seven, celebrate the big announcement today with the Charlotte FC, the uh, the inaugural match, March the fifth, twenty twenty two. The LA Galaxy will be coming to Charlotte to take on the Charlotte FC. It's like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? I, hang on, that's like eleven days before my birthday. I have a weird feeling that you know you call this just a gut instinct. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be at this. There's a good chance. I have a weird like you know I don't know anything uh, per se, <laughs> but I have a funny feeling that I we're ju- going to be. I just had to check the basketball schedule to see where I will be to see if I can make it to the uh, to the inaugural match of the Charlotte FC at Bank of America Stadium. It's the same time as the Big South basketball tournament, but I think I might be able to swing something. They don't invite me to that what the big well i won't get invited either i mean if the unc Asheville bulldogs are playing it i'm gonna have to be right here so they don't invite they don't i think the socon might be at the same time too so that's gonna that would be uh, that could be because we are at that yes we will be uh live at the socon as we were two years ago we'll be back out in public (laughs) doing things that's right is it crazy to think about that that that's been two years uh, it is, it, it, I'll, I'll tell you what's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. We have done this for this long and we have at no point to my knowledge wanted to actively murder the other. Very that true. Is the most shocking part of this for me. Uh, the SOCON tournament is that week, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is a five day tournament and that is day three. Oh, Okay. So there could, could be a window. I, 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 so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there could be a window to get down there for this inaugural match. One thing is for sure, though. 
we will be at a charlotte fc game at 100%. some point this season uh very early in the season because I, I i swear to you i'm actually going to try to get into charlotte fc football i haven't been able to do it for years again love the world cup when it comes around i got very into the world cup about uh, let's see what was that six years ago mm-hmm, when we were in it yeah yeah i, I got yeah. very into that as long as the u.s is in it i mean i'm in it yeah I mean, if they're not i don't care really don't. <laughs> i really don't care but you know what maybe now this is a this is an opportunity some of the charlotte fc guys will be playing in the world cup from now on and you know and we'll have somebody to root for I need a relaxing sport uh, that I can, you know, <clears throat> sit in a suite mm-hmm. and and consume during not football season. <laughs> right, right. And this looks like I, I can't do baseball. Yeah. I, all right, we've been over this. I can't do baseball. Soccer seems like it's more my speed. Not even in the stadium. You know, baseball. Even, yeah, no, I'll go to a tourist game mm-hmm. or a Greenville Drive game. I, I will do those, but not like an MLB game. Have you oh, ever been to an MLB game? Yes. Oh, okay. And just no that's too much of a commitment what three hours sitting out in the sun yeah it's, and there's and they don't have sweets so i or at least let me, <laughs> let me rephrase that i'm sure they do have sweets i've never been offered one there you go so uh, that for me <laughs> well maybe we'll have to make that happen next year too maybe we'll have to go down to sun trust or excuse me truest park and sit in a suite i think we could make that happen I, as I, well i i like a suite I'm a big fan. Sweet life is sweet. All right. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, Charlotte FC, LA Galaxy. On March the 5th, 2022, get your tickets going on sale on Monday. And they have some some very th- – there's going to be some really cool things going on with the partnerships here. Yes. Uh, they they have been very kind to us. I can't and- wait for the beer. I can't wait for the beer. She she said that, that they're going to be getting up with Wicked Weed to have a special Charlotte FC IPA Indeed. available at some point. So, you know, when it when it comes to beer, you can always get us. Uh, Tank for one and me for more than many. that. Many. Yeah, me for a few more <laughs> than that. Very many. All right, we will continue the discussion coming up next here on ESPN. Asheville, we'll get back into uh, – American football coming up next. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, Kyle? Right you are. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. 
Sportsocracy live, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And, of course, you can always see the program right here each and every afternoon on YouTube. All you got to do is just go over to thesportsocracy.com, follow the link of the live video, and get into the chat. You got to subscribe to the channel to be in the chat. And we highly recommend that you become a member of the House of Reprehensibles. And we, we, we have to do this. I have to be real careful with this board now because I found a uh, oh, no. Joe Exotic board. This is crazy. That I, I have to be real careful. You, so, I hope you mark those buttons. I did. I'm your huckleberry. Mm-hmm. I'm your huckleberry. Two of them, Chris Stansberry and Alex Sander, both signed up for monkeyknifefight.com using promo code TANK. And they're going to take uh, advantage of the one and a half passing yards <laughs> over under on Matt Ryan tonight. Oh, that's right. I have to, uh, I'm going to over. I now have to very delicately use this board because there are many buttons on it that would get us super fired. Again. I hope you marked those buttons. I did. Okay. Thank I you did. very much. And I took all the cords off of it just to make sure that <laughs> nothing can go amiss. All right, so I have uh, I have submitted mine as well. I am taking more than one and a half passing yards for Matt Ryan. You know, I think it's a safe bet. I, I really look, do. Look, I, I've refreshed that like seven times to see if that's going to go away. Just make sure. Just make sure you don't do like I did, almost did and click less. Yeah, don't do that because <laughs> I, I don't like your chances of hitting as that. I went less for Mac Jones and less for – oh, no, no, no. I got that wrong. More than one and a half passing yards from Matt Ryan. So uh, our, our buddy Chuck G said in the comments that the over-under on Matt Ryan is 251. You have to click the right. So there are multiple contests. What has happened, I would wager, is they meant to click one and a half touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But they forgot the touchdowns button. Because it says one and a half yards. I've rephrased this like 14 times. I feel like Joey and Chandler, when the, the dirty channels were on their television, they don't want to change it. <laughs> like, if we turn it off, it won't come back. I have I have put as many doubloons on it as Monkey Knife 5 will allow me to. <laughs> they have literally said, no, you cannot do this anymore. No, watch Mac Jones come out and throw for 400 yards tonight. Uh, um, secret time? I'm not going to lie to you. I have one. I, I you got them both. both. <laughs> I, I, Just now, edge. It will do a lot better for me one way than it will the other. Right. But we're going to do fine either way. Is that a hedge? Is that how hedging that, that works? That is how a hedge All works. All right, good. Yes. Yay, I'm learning hey, something. Hey, learned to think about betting. <laughs> now he can take his pennies to the slot machines in Vegas. All hundred of them. Uh, yes, our, uh, our draft coverage live from Vegas this year. Uh, we are taking a YouTube subscriber to Vegas, mm-hmm. so go to our YouTube page. We are literally going to hit a randomizer button, and somebody that subscribes to the channel and has shared things and done all the things is going to win a free trip to Las Vegas. That's right, and you too could be in the city. I mean, that's as close as we can promise to get you to the actual draft festivities. Yeah, but because the only be, person I can tell you definitively is going to get in is me. Is you. I can't tell you definitively. I can get him in. <laughs> Because I asked that question and nobody responded to me. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, 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 it's like that, huh? Which is fine for me. Yeah, Tank really didn't care if he got into the draft. He just wants to be in the city. I just want to go to Vegas. I just want to see it all. I am one of those people that has always wanted to be like, I get a kick out of just being in big cities. Like when me and my wife went to Boston on our honeymoon, like I was, I was fine just walking around at night just staring at all of the lights 
Because as a kid who grew up in Western North Carolina, we don't have stuff like that. I was awestruck when we got, when we got off of, or well, when when we woke up the next morning after we landed there and then slept forever because we didn't sleep on our uh, you know on our wedding night. Uh, the the clouds were so low in the city that you couldn't see the top of the buildings, and I was just walking around like a, a caveman who had just come into you know this century of wow look at all these buildings i just want to see all the lights in the strip see now i like big i'm a i am a big fan of big cities mm-hmm. but i'm a big fan of certain big cities see okay. i traveled for a long time as as a job right so there were a lot of cities that people go oh i want to go there on vacation i'm like i don't understand why i do not know why you would ever choose to do this it was like my wife saw an article the other day about or maybe it was a tv commercial that said something about when you're planning your next vacation to chicago make sure to check out blah 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 it's like who goes to chicago on vacation that doesn't seem like a vacation destination to me you need a beach you need something more than Chicago. Well, I got news for Ooh, you. Pizza. Uh, this trip to Vegas, uh, if you if you really enjoy us, this will be a f- tremendous sportsocracy Vegas trip. Mm-hmm. And then you're not going to see me for about three weeks because I'm getting married the next week. And then you got honeymoon and all the things. I'm going to be out of this studio for about three weeks. I love Patrick Holt so much. He says in the, in the comment section, me and him will go check out the Liza Minnelli show together. I fully believe that. Uh, I, I, I I do want to take in a, some, well, some Vegas show while we're there. I, I could see you taking in a Wayne Newton show. You, you look like somebody that would sing every word of Donka Shig. I do know all the words of Donka Shig. I'm sure you do. I never doubted that, not for <laughs> one second. It's actually now only because me, I've seen Ferris Bueller 800 times. Now, me, on the other hand, you could probably, the, the hardest part of finding me is going, which casino is he in right now? Yeah. Which one of these sports books is, did we lose Jeremy to? There's no sports going on. There's enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. NBA playoffs first round. Uh, all right. Let's playing some playing some first quarter teasers on uh, on NBA playoff games. I can see me. I do know a very high roller that lives in Vegas too. I'm gonna see if we can go party at his place. I do too. Oh yeah. How do you think I got into the draft? Nice. Uh, yeah, I took a little. This, this is one thing I've learned about Vegas. You kind of have to know somebody. And thankfully, I know somebody quite well. Nice. That's You're not name dropping? Well, it's not somebody that you would know, but mm-hmm. there's an involvement in a lot of things that happen in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You ever seen uh, Billy Madison? Yeah. Where, uh, uh, was it Steve Buscemi? Is that is that who played that character? The one that, that uh, was trying to kill him? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it's not spoilers. The movie's 25 years old. And he goes, thank God I was nice to that guy. That's how I feel about this guy. I'm supposed to be in that movie. I'm still upset about that. You were not going to be much of. I didn't necessarily think you were going to get very far in life, but I thought you're funny. Nice. Now you do stuff. Awesome. Like big stuff. Awesome. All right. So anyhow, yes, uh, you can get in on the uh, on on the contest for the Vegas trip as well on the YouTube stream. Just go to thesportsocracy.com. Click on the live video. Get in here and uh, join the House of Reprehensibles. Mm -hmm. All right. As we're talking about football, you could be there to see the first pick live. Um, It's going to be Sam Howell. I'm still sticking to that. It's going to be Sam Howell and the Detroit Lions. 
Uh, I mean, I next week I fully plan on asking Jones Angel. All right, and why? I need you to tell me why I'm crazy that I have Sam Howell as the number one quarterback in this class. Mm-hmm. No, you know, he's not going to say anything oh, against you. Not. Okay, I all right. Need, uh, all right, so you know he he had to you know he, he took issue with something I said, and now I just need him to agree with me. <laughs> I'm gonna be like everybody oh, you were a little hurt by that, weren't no, you? No, I wasn't at all. I actually thought it was really funny because <laughs> he's he's very right. Because I said that and I didn't really elaborate on. Oh, by the way, it's going to be way better for every SEC school than it is for Oklahoma and mm-hmm. Texas. I, I have like the greatest weird news story ever, and I've been sitting here rocking really? back and forth. You're just ready to tell it right now. You're you're ready to tell it right now. Yes. Okay. I am. All right. Let's get into it. On the weird scale, there's Vegas. There's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Go ahead. We routinely in this segment say don't do crimes. Uh-huh. Who's shocked that Mike Tyson did crimes? No. Mike Tyson did crimes. He didn't get arrested for it. Okay. He just he told the New York Post about it. But I cannot emphasize this enough times. A, do not take medical advice from Mike Tyson. That's A, and I can't say that enough times. B, I can't tell you that this is illegal, but I feel like it has to be illegal. Okay. Mike Tyson has literally died 53 times from psychedelic toad venom, and he told this to the New York (laughs) Post during an interview at a Miami conference where panelists addressed drugs, microdosing, and medicine. His quote was, I died which is in quotation marks for some reason uh-huh. i've never seen that before during my first trip in my trips i've seen that death is beautiful life and death both have to be beautiful but death has a bad rap yeah mike death has a bad rap that's the weirdest <laughs> thing i've ever heard somebody say out loud it's kind of the worst thing that can happen yeah, to you like you know it's kind of the end mike i Why in the world is anybody asking Mike Tyson this question? Second of all, how bored of the other things do you have to get to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this frog and I'm going to squeeze it. Uh And when I squeeze it, I'm going to to have that. (laughs) Just whatever juice comes out, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. And I, this was my number one prevailing take when I read this. If you had told me that there was a sports celebrity that had said this to anybody ever, mm-hmm. I would have had three guesses. Dennis Rodman would have been one. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson would have been two. And Dennis Rodman would have been three. Because hmm. I would not have believed you when you said no the first time. Hmm. Oh, somebody, somebody. It's weird that the first thought I had was Jeremy Shockey. I thought you were about to say Jeremy Green and I was going to go, no. <laughs> no. Don't do crimes. I tell people that all the time. Right. I don't know why. Jeremy Shockey always just struck me as a dude who was like, hey, would you like to lick this toad? Yeah, let's lick that toad. This is just, there's there's so many layers of this. I'm going to share this on my That's Twitter. Insane. I'm going to share this on my Twitter, and I want to prove a point. Okay. All right. The, a new study has come out that uh, 99% of tweets are sent by 25% of people. I want to prove that there are actually people on Twitter. Actual, real-life people. So just give it a little heart. Whatever you want to do. Comment it however you want to acknowledge it. I'm posting it on my Twitter right now. I want to prove that there are real-life people on Twitter. And that the people that usually comment on Twitter aren't real people. Mm -hmm. Because if that was the world, we would just walk around with sticks hitting people with them. (laughs) 
I like generous people. I like people who do things for others, not, you know, just out of the kindness of their hearts. And you know like what? Me. Yeah. Because everyone says old Scrooge McDuck over there is going to be. No, I'm just. <laughs> In Florida, a woman coming through. She was flying out of the Miami International Airport and she was trying to take along on her trip with her. And you remember playing that game as a kid? As a kid, I'm going on a trip and I'm going to take a blank. Well, she tried to take a handle of vodka. As and, you do. Right. I mean, you know, some people get caught with, uh, you know, guns at airports. She gets caught with a handle of vodka. So, I mean, hey, some people have a, you know, a... a assault rifles some Appar people have smirnoff right apparently where she's going they don't have pineapple vodka uh because i'm looking at the pictures right here and it's uh that's 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 what it is but when security said ma'am i'm sorry you can't take your handle of vodka with you through security uh she didn't do what normal people would do of okay well i guess i'm just gonna have to leave it with you or i'm gonna have to throw it in the trash can this woman being the you know benevolent person that she is decided well we all need to get lit then and she just cracked it open and started passing it down the line everybody take a shot because they ain't gonna let me take this on the airplane and guess what everybody obliged i think that is a brilliant idea i mean hey a friend with smirnov is a friend indeed mm -hmm. or stoli or whatever vodka of your choosing or we I'm can wheat beers. We I'm can just, wheat beer. That's a real friend. I'm just when trying. somebody shows up with a watermelon dragon fruit IPA and just goes, yeah. you look thirsty. And that's the kind of thing I would do. Right. You know why? Because I'm a nice guy. I'm just trying to figure this out. They, I mean, they, they, they won't let you take the vodka with you, but you can bring it back from wherever you're going? Uh, yes. You have obviously not flown much. I haven't. Yeah, you have to. There are specific things you have to do with that. And mm. you can only take so much, and you have mm -hmm. to. It's it's a pain. Oh, the only time I, I, I've I, ever when I traveled all the time, I would have. There were three things that I got asked to bring back all the time. Mm -hmm. Bring back shot glasses from wherever you go. First of all, let one of those break in your suitcase. You'll never do it again. I promise you. <laughs> ask me how I know. Right. Uh, the other one would be weird beers. Mm -hmm. Well, they only let you take so many. Mm -hmm. So you know when you got seven people asking you this. Sorry, we live in Beer City. Go get a wicked weed beer. It's better beer anyway. Right. Okay, I've had beer all over the country. The best beer in the in the world is in this city right here. And the third one, and I never understood this, Toblerone bars. I do not understand why people like those things. You can buy them anywhere. Though. Yeah, but you can only buy the little one. You can buy the one that's as big as a Louisville Slugger in an airport, and True. yeah, and they're like four bajillion dollars too. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not carrying around a stupid bar of chocolate for you. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> no. I just remember when we went to the Dominican Republic a few years back. I was able to bring alcohol back, mm -hmm. but they won't let you take it with you. It's no. weird. It's very weird to me. Yeah, it's, it's how customs work. By the way, we have breaking news, and this is the time I'm actually going to let you hit that stupid button. Heck yeah. Who's going to break the news? Ha. Who's going to break the news? Yeah. Who's going to break the news? Who's going to break the news? Here's another shot for people to prove they're real-life people. I am sharing this on Twitter. Apparently, the Matt Ryan play on Monkey Knife Fight was not an error. Mm-hmm. 
This is an advertised contest. Oh. Matt Ryan's one and a half yards is an advertised contest just from three to five. So you literally have 22 minutes to get in on this. I'm sharing the link on my Twitter at ESPN. I'm already in it on both sides. Very good. I will be winning one way or the other. <laughs> if he goes, uh, if Matt Ryan goes over the yardage, uh, it was just a wash. If he goes under it, I may not be here tomorrow. I did it so many times they wouldn't let me do it anymore. <laughs> you broke the machine. I think you broke the machine. On I that might one. have. Oh dear! All right, monkeyknifefight.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Tank T A N K. They will match your initial deposit up to fifty dollars and give you a five dollar free play. We do have the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons tonight on Thursday Night Football. It's not that hard of a game to pick. No, and a lot of people ask, "Well, would you were on Miami last week?" Yeah, this is a little different. This is going to be Atlanta with most likely no Cordero Patterson, who's one of the only electric parts of this. Mm -hmm. The thing I don't, and I can't really tell you how they're going to do this. The only player you're really worried about is Kyle Pitts. And yeah, it's in Atlanta. And yeah, weird. That's why I'm under 250 on on Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. Weird things happen on, on Thursday night. It's a very short turnaround. I think this game's going to be like, I can't believe I'm about to say this. 28-3. That's what I would... Oh. <laughs> please, please. I'm now going to pray to I all just, the football gods. Just please. please be that score. <laughs> please make it 28-3, uh, New England Patriots. I just can't see it hitting over because I don't know how Atlanta's going to score. Yeah. That defense is good and they're oh, not. I thought you were all in on Mike Davis now. I don't. I don't hate him, but I don't love him in this game. He's gonna catch, he'll, I think he'll catch a series of passes. Mm-hmm. He'll catch nine balls for 17 yards. You just have to hope he falls in the end zone. Right. I might be in a league where I have to play him, and I don't want to. <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun week in the NFL, and I can't wait for the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the one game that I'm looking at going – I think we're going to learn a lot the, from that I, game. I will definitively say this is a fun slate in the NFL predominantly after 4 o'clock on Sunday. The best games I see are all in the late window. Mm-hmm. Bengals Raiders, Cowboys Chiefs, Steelers Chargers. Those are all fun games. Yes. But you don't think any of the other ones will be? Yeah, I mean, what, what am I supposed to get excited about? I mean, come on. Ron Rivera coming back to Carolina? With Cam Newton stepping through that tunnel for the first time since the uh, since the split, it's my favorite pick of the week. It's my favorite pick of the week, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll give you this one early. I'm on Washington plus three and a half. Really? If there's anybody on this planet that knows Cam Newton better than Ron Rivera, I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. So all of the limitations, yeah. Guess who's going to bring them out? Mm-hmm. And I can't emphasize this enough. He still doesn't know the playbook. How 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 short do you think they had to make the playbook? He's probably at this point. I would say he's probably. I mean, because Cam Newton is a good. He's a good learn of a playbook. Mm-hmm. If you remember, there was a story that came out that that you know he had a very good grasp on the New England playbook. Yes, and he was being the good teammate with Mac Jones. I would say at best he's got 30% of it. Okay. And it's modified because it's just different. You're going to see a ton of RPO. Mm-hmm. 
A ton. Now, the one thing that I will say where I could be wrong, Washington's defense is very undisciplined in the linebacking core. So, you know, Jamin Davis, this is going to be a week where a lot of this is on you because that's where, that's the pivot point. Do I smell torture ticket on this one? No, I'm okay. not that confident. Okay, I was going to say because I, I think I'm no. definitely going to be on the other side of you on this one. No, I I'm pretty confident. I know which game our our tor- torture tickets. Okay, going to be. yeah, I mean you know me, narrative guy, and there's nothing like the uh, the emotions that are going to be. See, if I were going to a game this week in the NFL, could choose any game to go to in the NFL this week, it would be the Carolina Panthers hosting the Washington Football Team because I think that stadium is going to be on fire. It will be. It is going to be unlike anything you've ever seen before. And I've been in that stadium when it's loud and it's crazy. But I don't think you're going to see anything or oh, you've ever seen wild. anything like it. Oh, it's going to be wild. That's mm-hmm. not the, I have a funny feeling. When we pick games tomorrow, uh, Asheville Police Chief David Zach will be here. We, we will tally up the scores from last week. Right. I, I know I'm still a game behind Tank. I don't know how many games he's behind us. But I am going. Going. To reclaim my spot mm-hmm. atop the, the leaderboard. And I will not be relinquishing it. <laughs> this is the week that it all turns around for this you? This is a week where I think there are a couple games that you're going to get wrong. Mm-hmm. This is one of those weeks where I feel like if I wrote down what I thought you were going to take before we picked these games, yeah, there are two teams on my side. There's 15 games this week, 14 if you take away the Thursday night game. I'll bet you I could get 13 of the 14 of which side you're going to lean to. Okay, that's your homework for tonight. I want you to write down all of the games, make a graphic for it. Tomorrow morning in the Sportsocracy, when we do all of the game previews, we will flash up that graphic at the end of the show, and we'll see how many you got right. And All right. As I have a feeling, it's going to be a lot. It very well could be. It very well could be. I, I, I for one, think there are a lot of good games in the nfl this week the one o'clock the, slate is a disaster of a nightmare see i disagree i think washington carolina is going to be good i think new orleans and philly is going to be good Oh, new orleans and philly might set the nfl back <laughs> six years and when i say good i mean it's going to they're going to be competitive games down to the wire you don't really know which way it's going to go they could be that could be a coin flip there's not a lot of big spreads this week yeah, i don't there think there should be I mean, there are a few. I mean, yeah, like Cleveland and Detroit. That that spread's probably not as high as I thought it should be. Let me guess. It's... And I'm not sure. I'm not going to be on the other side. Cleveland minus nine and a half. Eleven and a half. Okay. And I'm not sure I'm not going to be on the blue side of that. Really? Yeah. I can't tell you definitively. I haven't picked Mm -hmm. all the games yet. Right. And that's one where I'm looking at the number going, man, that's a big number. Hmm. That's a lot of points to give to a team that I do not believe in mm-hmm. at all. I think Indianapolis at Buffalo's got a good chance of being a good game. I think Green Bay and Minnesota's got a good chance of being a good game. Uh, that one I'll give you. That's mm-hmm. probably with it being that's in a, Minnesota. Right, you got a, you got a shot of that one being yeah. good. division game on the road. You know, everybody knows how much I believe in Aaron Rodgers, but I just I think it's going to be a fantastic week. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the week in the NFL. I'm excited for the week in college football. Okay. You got a slew of, I can't tell you they're going to be good games. I can tell you you got a slew of bettable games this week. 
All right, let's let's take a look at those coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the sportsocracy with me, Tank Spencer, and him, Jeremy Green. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. The Sportsocracy. Ice up, son. Ice up. ESPN Asheville, Tank Spencer, and Jeremy Green back here with you, thesportsocracy.com. That is your uh, connection for the live video YouTube stream every weekday morning at 10 a.m. We're also live in the Sportsocracy for, or on YouTube for the Sportsocracy radio show uh, as well. Chris Stansberry, he winds up in the, he's in the YouTube stream. We mm-hmm. always love seeing Asheville people in the YouTube stream. Indeed. We have people that watch us from, all over all the place over. we have several people in canada mm-hmm. uh so we always love seeing uh, we love seeing Asheville represent itself we're, we're we're very big fans of that. we all know the primo matchup of the week in college football is of course the ohio state buckeyes against the michigan state spartans and i think that one's going to let you down and vegas is trying to tell you that well, it is a big spread. 19. I don't think of there, I don't know that there has has there ever been a spread between two teams ranked uh, in the top 10 oh, where yeah. the, where it this, happens all this the spread time. has been that big. Oh yeah, it happens really? all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. And it's usually with a team like Michigan State where Vegas doesn't buy them. Mhm. And they're up there and they think that's wrong. I mean, as of right now, I'm trying to pull up the uh the the rankings that i get every week from vegas michigan state according to vegas is the 20th best team in the country behind uh louisiana lafayette houston and utah <laughs> which is dumb to NC me state fans you're at 12 just for what that's worth i mean they know they they know more than i do so they have gold fixtures exactly for exactly they have all the money to back up uh their things and i have a little old radio show yeah i like our little old radio show. <laughs> i do love our little old radio show and i love everybody who listens in as well and participates um i i i hope it's gonna be a good game i really want michigan state to pull out the upset but i just don't know that it's possible oh i don't my, my, the way i want this to go is very simple ohio state beats michigan state Michigan beats Ohio State, Wisconsin beats Michigan. And chaos ensues, and it's gnashing of teeth, and it's bad. And, ah. <laughs> and chaos, you just want ah. every chaos everywhere. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I, I, I root for chaos. Mm-hmm. As the Joker once said, or, or actually, Michael Caine once said, some people just want to watch the world burn, and I'm one of those people. Alabama's at home against Arkansas as well. I actually think that is going to be it. That's one where I'm on the other side of the number. What's the number? 20 and a half. That's too much. That's a lot for a team in Arkansas that's very, very, very physical. I was going to say and very ticked off. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, Alabama's going to win this game, but 20 and a half is a lot. That is a lot. And, you know, Alabama has had close games already this year. 
I was still shocked that the game with Florida was so close. I was shocked that the game with LSU was so close. There's been a lot of that fever going around of people saying that, you know, Alabama may not be the unstoppable beast that you think they are. They may lose again, and we won't have to deal with this, you know, can they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game at all? I, I don't think they're going to lose, but I think that number is really high. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to lose either. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who believe that they're going to lose again, and if they're going to lose again, it's probably going to be this one. I'm not going to be shocked if this is the week Cincinnati catches a loss and, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. I would, I, I, I'm pulling for it. Tanner Mordecai is the Essen, best. That mm-hmm. is the best quarterback they have faced all year. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm not telling you he's going to score a ton of points. I'm just saying this is an this is an offense that can score and score pretty much at will. Correct. That Cincinnati defense, that vaunted Bearcat defense that only allows 16 points a game, they're gonna get all they can handle from SMU to this week. And I just don't know that they can. I, I don't know that they can match them score for score. That's that's, that's kind of where I fall in is Des, Desmond Ritter has not been as good this year as you would have expected him to mm-hmm. be against mediocre defenses, mm-hmm. which that's what SMU is. But I get Tanner Mordecai. I mean, I know you've got a slew of defensive prospects on that side. This is a game you're going to get up for. It's in Cincinnati, but 11 and a half is too many. Mm-hmm. Also looking at that Oregon Utah game. I mean, it, it's going to be close. I don't know that Oregon can win it in a walk. See, I don't think it's going to be. And that's one that I think they're baiting you. I think Utah being a three-point favorite, they are baiting you into thinking this game is going to be much closer than it is. Mm -hmm. But you think they can. You think Oregon can go in there and smoke them? I think Utah can go in there and beat them senseless. Oh, you think Utah can beat Oregon? No. Oh, that's what you said. I think they can beat Utah senseless. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, Utah's a team that struggled mightily with Mm -hmm. Arizona. Mm -hmm. So yeah sorry and then of course there is a game of intrigue in the acc wake forest going to clemson and i still can't wrap my head around why clemson's a favorite in that game not gonna lie i can't either that's one of the dumbest things i've seen all week clemson is not good the defense is good. Mm-hmm. The offense is not good. No, the thought is that the defense is good enough to slow down Wake and the offense is good enough to pick on a less than ideal Wake Forest defense. They're mediocre enough to limp into the end zone a couple of times. The, that's kind of the thought is that they're going to keep that they'll be able to squash Wake Forest's offense and they'll mm-hmm. score enough to win this game. I don't believe that. But yeah, it is possible. Either. That's not one of the ones that jumped off the page at me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't understand the line, but there are a few. I'll be honest with you. This is one of the few weeks that I have ever picked games on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like I had all 12 picks for tomorrow ready on Tuesday. You were so sure of how they, everything was going to pan out. And a couple out. of them have moved a little bit to where we're getting into, well, maybe I don't like it as much as I did, but I'm sticking with it. All right. This is it. This is the week. I'm hitting a money line parlay this week. 10-teamer all the money mm-hmm. ride or die let's go we'll have the double shot green on green coming your way tomorrow here on espn Asheville, 92.9 fm 
880 a.m. 1400 will get you set for the weekend don't forget to tune in to the sportsocracy tomorrow morning at 10 a.m just check us out at the sportsocracy.com we'll be going over every in nfl game for week 11 we'll see you tomorrow